What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line Podcast. You're listening to episode 218. I am your host, Greg. I'm here tonight with Ryan. Tyler's doing something that's not podcasting, but how are you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm pretty good. Got some good news today and I love it. So let's jump in. Yeah, uh, for everyone that doesn't know, it's officially Oberon season. So go get your Oberon. It is, I don't have uh, those yet. I am excited what? about that. I know, I know, I know. Chill. It's so good this year. It's like, I'm waiting for tropical, but this year, just like the base more is free? very good. Um, more mellow almost. It's really good. So like normally you get the, like the heavy wheat beer flavor. Yeah. And now it's a little more mellow, a little more, a little more smooth. Uh, not, not overly fruity, but you still get the citrus. It's really good this year. Hmm, I like that because the, the weediness kind of last, I thought, I thought it was heavy wheat last year, more like a Bud Light esque. Not as I see what you're talking about. Yeah, a little bit more macro, a little less micro brew. Sure. It's it, no, it's it's really good. And I mean, you know, it's nice. And it was warm this weekend. I mean, at least one day it was warm. So Sunday. It was warm enough to go take a walk with the kids. Clean my garage, played outside with the kids. It was good Oberon weather. So way to go, Bell's Brewery. You can become the official beer of and, the Grindline podcast. And the weather's gone. Yeah. And we're back to rain and garbage time and snow, apparently, again. So that's, that's not fun. No. Yeah, yep, yep. But we have Red Wing stuff to talk about. Oh. Uh, Carter Mazer off the top. We talked about Carter Mazer last week. Max Boltman did tweet just a minute ago that uh, he's hearing that there's been progress between the Red Wings and forward prospect Carter Mazer on a contract that would turn Mazer pro. Mazer has been a breakout prospect for Detroit the last two seasons at Denver. Uh, a winger who can score and plays with an edge, which is what we need. We desperately need the offense after our shutout by the fucking Philadelphia Flyers who blow. Neat. So, yeah, it was it was great. Carter Hart, the goalie who should be a Red Wing next season, shut us out. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on the goalie front. But we talked about Carter Mazer, how he's lighting it up at Denver, who we hope is the Bertuzzi replacement. Yeah, it looks like you're. It looks like our predictions were correct, and he is heading toward a contract. Um, if Max is tweeting this now, I'm assuming it's going to be a matter of days before it happens. Right. Yeah, no, this is uh, one you've been high on. I would almost say the last two years because you need this type of body in the lineup. He's not the biggest player. Elite Prospects has him at six foot 172, so he needs some meat, more meat on the bones. But at the same time, if you can play with an edge and piss people off, but also not get the penalty box for it. I'm, I'm here for it. And he's a righty. We need more of those. I like those. Yeah. If he's six, one, what do you think he pushes? You think he pushes two ten? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, if you're six foot six, one, I'd like to see that up toward like one ninety, one ninety five. I, but, yeah, it keeps him a little faster, I think, but I think he might push 200. I don't, I mean, he's 21 and I mean, you get him in the weight room, 200 would be almost, 30 pounds so that might be a bit of a reach yeah i would push that maybe like 185 190 get some meat on there then he can really start to piss people off so in his last 10 games played he has 11 points that is uh three yeah with three goals out of those 11 points three of them are goals but he's been a plus except for two of the games so he's he's been a positive player for denver again he had a breakout season. He's wearing an A, so there's the leadership ability as well. And for those that didn't listen last week, in 40 games played, 22 goals, 15 assists for 37 points. Half goal game average. 
Yeah, which is his sophomore season, sophomore Mm -hmm. season at uh, the University of Denver. And it's a guy we need. We need to go pro because we need the offense and we need these these prospects to start panning out and turning pro. Need some depth that's like got skill to it. And like I said, maybe he could have stayed another year, but I think his his game has progressed far enough to be able to even push for a spot in Detroit next season. And if you see that signing of of his ELC, maybe they think there's a chance he could break the lineup as early as next season. Yeah, I guess it's, is that a type of player you're not as worried about being on the fourth line, like uh, unlike a Bergeron? I think it's I think it's a player that I'm not worried about a North American adjustment period because he has been playing college hockey. So if you look Fair. at the the guys coming out of college, a lot of them don't spend, I don't want to say a lot of them, but there are several of them that don't spend any time in the AHL because the AHL like for a, a lot of, yeah. So the AHL for a lot of prospects is used as kind of like a transitional period, maybe getting used to North American ice, maybe getting used to the toughness of the game. But when you're in the NCAA, you're already playing against guys that are your age generally or a little bit older, and you're already playing on the smaller ice. So I don't think there's going to be that much more of a transition period for someone like a Carter Mazer as there would be for who we're going to talk about next, which also maybe it's not really the size, but William Wallander. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to call him Wally Wonka. Wallander. I'm just going to say Wallander every time because that's. No offense to not mentioning Ken Cal and getting buried for that one earlier. Yeah, you want to tell your Ken Cal story? Okay. First of all, the Wings tweeted out. No good story starts with first of all. No, this is a good story because I got dunked on for no reason, maybe a reason, whatever. No, the Wings tweet had their tweet out today saying they signed Volinder. And in the clip that they posted for him, it was the Swedish TV broadcast. And they go hard in the way they say his name. So me seeing that tweeted out, I can't wait to hear Ken Daniel saying Volinder. And I put a V at the beginning of it. And then in fine Twitter fashion, hold on, let me pull up the exact quote here. Not shortly after Ken Cal responds to said tweet. What about the people's announcer? Chopped liver? Like I'm bodied by Ken Cal in a completely unintentional manner. Of just saying, hey, TV broadcast, Ken Daniels, shit on. Does Ken Cal follow you? No, I don't think so. He So he just pulled that out of nowhere. He, he was just floating and saw it and then got me. That's hilarious. You were sniped by Ken Cal. So Ryan gets bodied by Ken Cal, which is fantastic. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you can see the sweet rock, the rock Photoshop I did of, of Ken Cal as a kind of a tribute. But yeah, William Wallander today. And is it William Wa- William Wallander or William Volander? Because this is kind of like a Sean, Sean Bean, Sean Bond kind of situation where you can't be Sean Bean. You have to be Sean Bean or you have to be Sean Bond if your names are spelled similar. Is it William Volander or William Wallander? I don't know about the first name, but all I can go off of is the last name via the broadcast. And the W sounds like a V. Okay, so we will go with Villian Volander. Yeah, you got to say very, it very aggressive. Like, it's Rogla. You have to say it aggressive. But he's six foot four, hundred and ninety pounds. Was signed to his three year entry level contract that will start in the twenty twenty three twenty four season. Was also immediately signed to a PTO for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Will be heading to North America to finish out the season with the Griffins, which I think they only have like eight games left. So it's not a lot. 
but it will get him a little bit acclimated to the North American ice and style of game, even if it is just a handful of games while he's playing there. In the last 10 games for Rogla, he had two assists and one goal. But the thing is, is he's averaging on most nights, he's over 20 minutes uh, up to this this past uh 10 games he had the highest he had just 24 minutes and 50 or 24 minutes and 39 seconds of ice time. So he's logging big minutes. He has vastly improved his game. He was one that when we drafted him, he was kind of like the prospect where you're like kind of like Edvinson where he's not as high of a skill level, but the tools are all there, but can he put those tools together? And it was, well, he's showing offense, but he won't work. He's, he's not, showing defense at the same time or he's showing defense, but he's not showing offense at the same time. And now it seems like he's finding that balance and he's hitting his stride and he's tough to play with because he is big. And I think he's six, four, he's one that could definitely, I think get in the two ten, two fifteen range at six foot four. So he's one that I'm really, really excited about. And again, he might be one that could be, sneaky towards the the beginning of the season in training camp that maybe he pushes for a spot but as we know the the left side of the defense has been stacked but they have had him working on the right side uh in rogla no i think this is huge because getting him here now to finish out the season i mean this is this blows away any college free agent signing you could have and the fact that obviously he's in the system so it's not that big of a deal in that sense but having him here now get a feel for it and go right into the offseason training pro- program, best possible case scenario. Now, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how much longer it takes Casper. From what I saw, um, he's, what, finishing high school before he comes over, finishing school of some yeah. sort? Yep. Yeah, I think he was finishing his high school while he was playing. Yeah, so we're not going to see him till summertime for sure. So two things. Uh, one, I have always wanted to do a record scratch in the middle of a podcast. If that mission is accomplished. But two, there's a couple of things we have to add an addendum to this podcast. Uh, the first is that uh, Carter Mazur did sign his ELC today. He's also signed a PTO with the Grand Rapids Griffins. He will be going to Grand Rapids to finish the season. His actual contract doesn't kick in until 2023-24. Um, the second part is we had also said that Marco Casper will not come over to North America because he's going to be practicing for the world championships in Team Austria. And then Rogla put out a couple of news pieces saying that Casper has confirmed he is coming to North America, but whether that is to Detroit or Grand Rapids is yet unknown, but he could come to Detroit. His uh, contract is a Red Wings ELC that did start this season. So it's fully possible we could see Casper in a Red Wings uniform, but I think it's more likely that we see him in a Grand Rapids uniform. But as soon as I say that, I know they're going to announce that he's in the Red Wings lineup and we're going to have to do an addendum to the addendum. Um, But that is the update. And now back to the podcast. Well, he's also going to be playing uh, in the the world championships with Team Austria. Yeah. So it's going to be a while before Marco gets over here. So Wallander coming over, Wallander is awesome. That is hype that we've been waiting for. His size, he just put him right there with Cider and uh, Edvinson. And you just see the trend that's starting to take shape here on the back end for the for the decor. And if he can come in and make the impact, I mean, when he touches the puck, things happen and in a good way. Like think of Edvinson. You could say that Volander is uh, Edvinson light almost in a way. But like good things happen. He's not afraid to use the body. He can shoot, a.k.a. also snipe. 
and the way he can move the puck. It, there's not really a whole lot bad about his what what you want to say about him. So for those who don't follow a lot of our prospects in the SHL, his draft report states that Wallander towers over the competition, standing six foot four and weighing 194 pounds. There's plenty of room for him to fill out that frame. He might be the most technically skilled skater among all defensemen in the draft. He's a great puck carrier, eager to lead his team up the ice, and with a great deal of initiative and creative offensive chances. That was the Elite Prospects 2020 NHL Draft Guide on William Wallander. He, I mean, he's just everything you look for and kind of what you hope is, at this point, a third stud defenseman. If your yeah. left, left side is Wallman, Edvinson, and uh, Wallander, you're doing something real good. And then you're right. Yeah. And your right side is cider. And uh, maybe you move Albert Johansson to the right and then you pick up a third right defenseman. I mean, your your defense is probably going to be your best asset before your you start getting these stud forwards or, or your forwards start to develop and defense wins championships. Right. That's the thing. Well, you just go back to all those years that Detroit dominated in the NHL. Everything started from the back end. We've seen glimpses of what a fast puck controlling defense can be for this team and how much more effective they look when it comes to the breakout, especially. Yeah. What could a see- good breakout pass do for this team, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, look, look what when cider Wallman and Edmondson in these last couple of games, when they've been able to connect on someone, they're flying because this team still has speed. We've lost a lot of talented players, but there's a lot of good skating still left from what was discharged. So you've got, Edmondson, the way that he's been skating, he looks like he's played in the league most of the year. And, but you see the difference in the impact it makes. Wallander is another one of those guys that could potentially do that. And that's why I think there's a little bit more excitement knowing that he's now coming across the pond here probably within the week, you got to think, depending on if his pet is a visa and everything is good to go. So, and he's huge, 6'4". Now, that's... Where this plays in down the line, we don't know. Like you mentioned that I th- you mentioned that he can go either side. Johansson could potentially go either side, but the preference for Eisenman, as he made it very clear, not saying that this is going to be for sure because we saw the wings all those years, how many lefties they had on the team. I think for a short while, Rafalski was their only right-handed shot. So, like you look at things of that nature, where Eisenman's like, "Yes, I want lefties and righties, three and three. but if you've got this type of talent, you get by. And I think the other thing that I've noticed, too, is if you look up and down, we're, we're, we're getting big players, like really big players, which is what we need is big, aggressive players. But they can all skate, which is the weirdest thing to me, because normally when you think, oh, bigger player, you don't think super smooth skater. But Mo's a big guy, great skater. Uh, Wallander, big guy, great skater. Simon Edvinson, big guy, fantastic skater. And even down to like Elmer Soderbloom, who his initial one of his initial knocks was holy shit. He's huge and he's clumsy, but for a guy that, that that's that big, his skating has improved quite a bit to where I would call him a good skater. So that's the thing is that you're getting bigger. You're getting possibly more aggressive or more size and harder to knock off the puck. But there are guys that, like you said, can also contribute to that breakout. They can turn up ice and, and get the motor moving. And they're not, not like they're skating through cement which is like what we've been used to the past how many years is guys that are just slow. They're guys that can't pick it up or the the breakout is a lot slower because they can't join a rush 
because they're just not fast. These guys can skate. And I think that's what Eiserman's going for is that he wants bigger guys. Yeah. But he's pinpointing these bigger guys where they're not going to have to work a really long time on their skating because it's already mostly there. Well, I mean, look at what Hedman was doing in, in Tampa. Now, I know that's a very rare type of player to make a comparison to, but he led that charge of guys that could skate. Sergachev could skate well, big player, big body. Now, you look at what you just mentioned for Detroit. I mean, I throw Wallman's only 6'1", I say only, but you throw him into that mix because when he's back there skating, he looks like a forward. He's making forwards at the point, especially when they get inside the offensive zone, looks silly because he's, the way he's able to move and get around them. So it is impressive what they're starting to build out because once you get these D-man that can actually move, make things happen, and aren't just pylons back there, now your offense is just – the opportunity is endless. I think Wallman has, has tied Bergeron for moves I've seen them make in tight which is phenomenal. Like just Bergeron's ability to turn on a dime and just immediately start going the other direction. And I've seen Wallman do it a couple of times. And that's the one thing that makes Wallman, I think special and why he's able to do a lot of what he can do now is his elusiveness and his ability to get out of pressure quickly. And, and I've seen a lot of the same where he's going full speed and then he's being chased and there's an immediate stop and the guy just blows past him too. So I think if if Wallander can do a kind of the similar stuff, I've seen Edvinson do it with a lot of the shifty moves he's been able to do. Cider, that's one thing that he's known for is the spinaways and and I mean reverse checks, but I mean not as bad. Hasn't as been apparently. as much this year, but he's been smarter. They've been trying to play him looser, which has allowed him to get that extra separation and make either a quick one touch or even just back off and then hop the the stick with a pass, nice sauce or something. They're trying, I think, to make Cider a smarter player. Not to say he's not a smart player, but to be able to make those quick, smart plays instead of just throwing the body all the time. Now, he's not afraid to throw the body because... Oh, no, I'm saying the the opponents have been less on in going at him to try to make that hit because more often than not... Oh, he scared him. Yeah, more, basically. They scared him, but they also know that he can... If you... You have to pick and choose your battles with him at this point. Like the only time I've really seen him truly struggle outside of like the bouncing puck snafu when he's trying to pinch in on something is when he gets pressured down in the corners because he'll try to make a fancy play and thinking he's going to get bodied by someone. And now they're starting to kind of go around him and play that puck and they're able to chip it loose or something along those lines. But again, that's just going to come with the growth. He's going to see how that all changes with each with each like throughout this year and use that again to his advantage because he started to do that at the start of the season. And then they just kind of evolved on what he had going on. But I'm not trying to use that as a knock. It's just that they've seen what he can do and they're trying to outsmart him. Yet he's now getting ahead of the game after the fact. So, Or you become Scott Lawton and get absolutely demolished by Cider. Cider destroyed (laughs) in what Ken Cal called on the radio a bone-crushing hit to Scott Lawton by Mo Cider because he was getting frustrated. And then he pulled a, or he drew a really, really good penalty. And the Red Wings couldn't do anything with what was it, eight power plays or seven power plays that game. And they were like 0 for 7, which is not to get way too off topic, but I think Alex Tangay's got to go, man. I just, if you're that bad on yeah. the power play, like 0 for 7 or 0 for 8, that is, that's inexcusable, especially when you've got guys like Raymond and you've got guys like Larkin and, your system can't get going. That's a systems issue. 
and it's all get to the it's get to the blue line and dump it in is what I it looks like it is. If the drop pass doesn't work, which usually doesn't. And the power play drop pass should have been dead last season. And it's not dead. It's the, and they've resorted to they've stopped the cycle because we've seen when they cycled, they looked really good. And then the last game I watched the cycle. Well, the cycle looked frantic. There was like it was like they were passing too quickly and no one knew where to stand. And it just was all pass and no shoot. And now it's all drop and all off the wall and no cycle. It's like all of their actual thought process process has been removed. They're so worried about, hey, we were told to be here. It's like watching little kids play hockey again, where coach told us to stand here. And then that's it. We're the South Park cows, Ryan. It's the Detroit Red Wings versus the South Park cows. And it uh, it does not look good. So I think Alex Tange was a holdover. um, And I think I think part of it was. And we've seen glimpses of what his, his scheme can do. Sure. But I think part of it was what what Iserman kind of did with Blaschel is give him a year like Tange was, was hired. Yeah. Tange was hired the year before Blash was let go. And maybe Iserman's like, hey, let's see what Tange can do with another coach. Maybe another coach kind of gives him a few ideas or leaves him a little more open or whatever. Now it just looks like it might be Tange's system is not great. So maybe you get rid of him and bring in another or let Lalone say, hey, I know who I want to run my power play. Right. Which is frustrating, too, in the, in the sense, because we've talked about it before. I mean, it's not like Tange hasn't built up a good resume and he's done. He's no, been successful up to this point. It's just not seemingly working here. Now, you could argue it's the players, whatever. But even with everyone healthy and the team being effective. I don't know. It's there's too much streakiness to really judge. I think Tange fully, but one can argue he's had two full seasons to get this shit figured out and it hasn't worked. So uh, I'm on the fence. I wouldn't be against it. I don't know how long the contract actually was for. I would assume it was probably a three year deal. So maybe he's got was he is he in year three or is it year two? Uh, This would be year two. I would think maybe he's got one more year, but. That's the weird thing. Iserman doesn't reveal lengths of contracts for coaches, no coaches, so we don't know. But I mean, he could also be fired. So that's the other thing. You could have a contract all you want, but you're a coach. You can be fired whenever. It's a thing. That was the quote, right? That coaches are hired to be fired. That's the whole thing. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not great job security. I mean, if you're good at your job, you have amazing job security. Oh, Totally. But if you're not good at your job, you're gone tomorrow. And that's, I mean, worth it because you you need to get it going. You're the reason a team wins or a team loses. And that was why we lost that Philly game, because the special teams was absolutely atrocious. So that's all yeah, there I is for that. I'm not upset at not being able to be around to watch that. No, but I will be at the game tomorrow and we have to win because it's my daughter's first hockey game. So Ooh, is that the one we need? We need to be there. Yeah. Tomorrow, seven o'clock against the Penguins. We need to win. You better get a picture with Daniela or. Yeah, Daniela already said to bring her by. Stacy said, make sure I message her when we get there and everything. So she's going to get the full Red Wings experience. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break before we go on to our last subject of the night, which again is Simon Edvinson. So we will be right back after a short message from DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, for limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. And we're back. And the last thing, and we know we again we talked about it last week, but we're we're a little bit in now. And Simon Edmondson has played three games. What do you, what's the what's the look for Ryan? What did you say in our break? What his height was? He's six foot four. Six six. A hockey reference has him at six four one ninety eight. EP's got him at six six two sixteen. I will trust elite prospects more than hockey reference on updating height and weight. So yeah, so six foot six two sixteen. So what do you think you get him up to 230? The wings officially have him at 66209. So yeah. Okay, so get him to 220. Yeah, let's get him up to 220. Let them go full beast mode. Sorry, I didn't mean to completely derail your thought there, no. but uh I saw that. I was like, that's a big difference. Yeah, Edvinson has three <laughs> games played. He did get his first goal. So that is why we are bringing him back up. At first, we thought it may have been a redirect. It was not. Pucks on net, baby. Pucks on net. And that's the thing he has in the you look at it and you're like, well, what can you really get out of a three game sample size? And you can get that he's looked very solid. I mean, absolutely. NHL ready looked better in the NHL than a lot of nights he did in Grand Rapids, which is not not uncommon. Uh, He has a goal. He is a minus two. I don't like looking at plus minus. He has a 25 percent shooting percentage. He has taken four shots and one of them has gone in. That's several that have either been blocked or just gone wide, but you can the way that he's been shooting, you can see that it's up top that hockey sense. He's pulling the Lidstrom on him. Uh, He's hitting. So he's got three hits, a hit per game, which is fine. Two takeaways to give away. He is averaging 14 minutes and 53 seconds of ice time, which is fantastic to see. I think Ryan had had yelled it out in the middle of the last pot, the last podcast. Yeah, the last recording that he was on the top defensive pair with Mo Sider for a minute. He was out there. Don't yes. get used to it. No, but it was exciting nonetheless, because sure. you've got those two, your future playing together in a situation where you're down trying to create offense. It was glorious. You had your Squidward future moment is what oh, you had. Oh, yeah. But I think and but I mean, even for the future, I don't think get used to it. I think Simon Edmondson only it's going to it's going to be like a Lidstrom or Falski. They were together, but when you re- shit really hit the fan, that's where you knew they were trying to get back into it to drive your offense from the, the rear. So, I mean, if that's going to be where it comes down to your oh shit moment or to to really shut the team down or you need that goal and you're not throwing an extra forward out there, by having a guy like Cider and a guy like Edvinson on your point in that situation, you're not losing anything offensively while you're still maintaining your defensive front. That's what, if you're not pulling the goalie at that point. So that it's, it's a double edged sword of fucking awesome. Basically. Yeah. What I was saying is that you're probably going to want to spread that talent out a bit. Mo can carry oh, a totally. line. Yes. What it looks like is Edmondson might also be able to carry a line. So if, or a pair, if you've got two pairs with a, a defenseman of that caliber on them. Oh, you're golden. Absolutely. You're hitting the Tampa. You're hitting the Tampa stride, as I'm going to call it. That's what you're going to you're going to get yourself to a level like that. And again, Edvinson, after his third game, now he had a game off. 
I'm hoping he plays tomorrow because I will then get to see him play, which will be fantastic. But it's it's very promising. And I'm I think it's 100 percent locked that he's on the team next season. They just got to figure out where to move those people around in order to get him into the lineup permanently. And it's going to be Jordan Osterley is going to be gone. You're probably not going to tender Gustav Lindstrom. You're going to let some pieces fall off so that he can have a permanent home on the defense. So the Wings have 10 games left. He's had he's got three games in right now. So you got to think we're going to see him six more times over the next 10 games. Yeah, and you can play him a night, sit him a night, play him a night, set him a night for the rest of the season if you Tennessee, want. Let's see. There's a cup. There's one more. Oh, yeah. And the other thing was he was also moved from an emergency recall to an actual recall using one of the four recalls available post-trade deadline. Which is huge. So that means that's why we're kind of I'm looking at it in the sense of there's 10 games left. I could see him sitting the front end of, of a couple, the two remaining back-to-backs. So we've got one coming up this weekend, Thursday, Friday. I should say, uh, with Carolina and Winnipeg. So maybe they play him Tuesday, Thursday of this week, sit him in, in Winnipeg on Friday, or you play him on after making the trip out west. I would play him. The, what I would do with him is I'd play him in the harder matchups. Let him get that absolute experience. So I'd play him so against Carolina. So the next Carolina. four games, basically? Well, I'd play him against Carolina, sit him for Winnipeg. Fair. Then you got Toronto. Then I would sit him for Montreal. And then other than Buffalo, Montreal, the rest of your games are playoff teams or bubbles or teams that are fighting to stay alive in that playoff race. And I'd play him in all of those situations because I want to see what he can do under pressure. And those are the teams that are going to give him pressure. Yeah. So realistically, I mean, if you take him out against Winnipeg, Montreal and Buffalo, there's your three games. The rest are playoff teams. Great. And I think you need to sit him for you said there are 10 left. We need to sit him for four. I don't think you necessarily want them to sit them back to back games, but if you do Montreal and Buffalo, that's a Tuesday, Thursday matchup. Who's the last game of the season at Tampa? Nah, just sit them for that one. Fair. Kind of glad we're out of the playoff race because that would be the most stress, stressful stretch of hockey to watch. Be ever. Throwing up every game, trying to just hold it all together. God. Uh, so what I want to touch on before we close out the show, we got a couple questions for a just impromptu mailbag I threw out there a little bit ago. Oh, oh that's um, uh, sprung that one up, didn't you? And one of them I basically already answered uh, from John Mulder on Twitter at PortoJohn24, which is a fucking great Twitter handle. Way to go to make yourself sound like a toilet. Phenomenal. What do you guys think about Mazer making the jump from the NCAA straight to Detroit's lineup? A third line of Mazer, Valeno, Zadina. You would have net front speed and play-ish making. And I'm assuming the play-ish making is Zadina. Um, For as much as people shit on Zadina, besides the scoring, he's been really good. But we say that every time. That's just the Besides the scoring, you can use that line for every fucker on the team. No, no, no. There are people that aren't scoring and are also not looking good. I would say that... Philip Zadina in several games a season has looked better than Joe Valeno. Oh, I'd agree. See, but Joe Valeno also not scoring. I'm also not expecting Valeno to be a goal scorer at this point. I never really did. I had a feeling he'd be a two-way center. Actually, not even really a two-way at this point. He is a defensive forward, more or less. And Zadina, still to me, is supposed to be a goal-scoring playmaker. Neither of those things are happening. He's, He's winning puck battles. Great. He's still finding every logo of every goalie. 
to know. Maybe end. he's got some kind of list of, of goalies logos he's hit and he hasn't fully checked them all off yet. Oh, I'm sure he's checked them all off at this point. <laughs> um, I but like no, I, I will say he's looked good. I just want to see some goals, man, whether he's setting them up or scoring them. That's what they need. Yeah. Um, but to the question, I, I think we kind of answered it. I think there's an outside shot that Mazer makes a lineup, and I don't think they kind of dangle that ELC to him unless they say, hey, man, there's a shot that you could push for a spot because we've got guys going out. We're going to need some guys coming in. We need your skill, something like your skill set. And if you can prove it, then there's probably a spot for you. So I think there's a, there's a possibility that something like that happens. I mean, with Fabry likely done for the year. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm not going to give you a percentage until a little bit more shakes out in that department. But I, I wouldn't say that the door is shut on him making the team next season. Yeah, no, I, I, that's fair. I mean, if it depends on when the contract is signed with what you just said with Max. It could be within the next day or two, if not by the end of the week, which now puts us into that. There's a less than 10 game window, so you're not going to burn a year off by bringing him in. So at that point, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, let the kid play, right? As they say, let the kid play, Ryan. Let the kids play. I mean, it's just, well, yeah, you got Edvinson already playing, and I guess he'd be another uh-huh. kid, so I'll give you I'll give you that. From Thank you. Uh, at, hold on, I got to get the handle, at Alberts Lawrence on Twitter, Michael Rasmussen, team MVP, the Wings tanked after he got injured. So I kind of half responded to it on Twitter. I wouldn't say he's the MVP, but... And Iserman has said it himself, basically. Michael Rasmussen is a very important part to this team. You lost your one huge physical presence in Michael Rasmussen. You lost the intimidating, scary eyes. You lost the look of murder in his face. And it's he's he's become that kind of, I don't want to say power forward, but almost a power forward. Like No, I was, think he's definitely turning into one. He's producing the offense. And if that, I mean, he's producing the offense at Anthony Mantha levels previously, which is what you you were hoping. But I think if he even picks it up, if Michael Rasmussen can score, I don't know, 20 goals in a season, if he can be a 35 point, 40 point guy, that's as that can be as aggressive as he can be. There's there's a power forward. And as we can see, he's played all up and down the lineup. He is not uncomfortable in any spot you put him in. No, he is your true. What's the jack of all trades for this team? And I think that may hit losing him over anyone at the trade deadline was the most one of the more impactful losses this team has had this season. And because you, you could put him out there on the PK, you could put him at, at high level, high impact faceoffs. He was out there on your power play. He was out there toward the end of hockey games when you're trying to get back that goal to tie it up. So you lost a guy that could do it all and also do it all effectively. He yeah. influ- influenced things along the boards. I think that was one of the more important things that we that they lost because those puck battles, I feel like we've been absolutely garbage on ever since the trade deadline in particular, but also since losing him. So there's it's something that he had that I don't think we appreciated it as much at the time that you desperately hope that he's fully healthy come next season, which not to say that he's not going to be, but crazy shit happens as we see. I mean, look at Colorado. They were decimated by injuries. They just managed to get by throughout the year. And now they're 
again, the top, one of the top teams in hockey. So no, having Raz back next season is going to be awesome because it's going to really impact and help, help this team move along. Yeah. If you look at Rasmussen's stats on the season, and I want to go back to 2021, 22, because in 2021, 22, where we saw towards the end of the season, kind of what he could be on a trajectory to do. And, and just kind of the, we had always said once Rasmussen learned how to balance and stand on his skates, it was all downhill Stop from being there. A baby horse. Uh, in 80 games played in 2021, 22, he had 15 goals and 12 assists for 27 points, but was a minus 25. In this season, in 56 games, he had 10 goals and 19 assists for 29 points. It was a plus two. So, and again, I don't 25 less games. I don't like plus minus because it's not an individual stat. But I think when there's a gap that large between two seasons to compare just two seasons, his defensive game has gotten better. But 56 games, 10 goals. And in 80 games last season, he had 15. I, I mean, is it is it hard to say he could be a 20 goal, maybe maybe 35, 40 point player? Like I said, is that is that if you're you getting think, 20, 30 out of him the next several years, this team will be substantially better. And I don't think that's far fetched. I mean, his shooting percentage has stayed pretty steady is 11.4 percent this season, 11.7 last season. He's getting a little bit more ice time, averaging about 36 seconds more or 34 seconds more per night than normal and i mean he's he hit less actually he didn't 142 hits in 80 games last season 119 hits in 56 games so he was going to beat his hit total he was surpassing almost around every the same category. less i mean he was half his giveaways from from last season in half way to the total from last season i mean it's i don't think it's it's his hard to say percentage went up yeah i don't think it's hard to say he could be a 40 point guy as a power forward who can play up and down your lineup. If you've got Raz getting 40 to 50 points a year, as this team hopefully starts to make that next step, especially next season, where I think it's going to be fully appropriate that it's playoffs next season has to be a playoff contending team. Now, what I mean by that is you're getting in, just get in. You might not make any noise, but you're getting in. Yeah. The next year is you need, this team needs to be in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. But that this type of guy and Mike Rasmussen is who's going to be impactful <laughs> as you, you move call through. Him it. Yeah, Mike. I said Mike. I, I don't like Mike. calling him Mike. It makes me uncomfortable. I did that for Pete. He's not a Mike. He's a Michael. He, he every, is everything a Michael. he goes by is Michael. I, you look him. at him. He's a Michael. He's not a Mike. No. I know Mike's. That's not Mike, a Mike. 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 Yeah. Uh, so I, MVP, no, but very important piece that that is clear that the team misses him absolutely because again. I think your power play also suffers without a Michael Rasmussen because he's your net front guy that's going to take away the vision of the goalie. Now, granted, Chason has Chason has been the Rasmussen replacement. But you look at the style of play, very similar guys. Yep. So, yeah, I not MVP, but very important piece lost. And the last one from Josh Messick at JMessick16, with Edvinson on a regular call-up having the emergency designation going away, do we possibly see him getting second pair minutes uh, he put with maybe Mata. Now they're both left defensemen, and I would shift. I, they've already shifted Sherratt over to the right side. Um, do I see him? I mean, he's already averaging over 14 minutes a night, and that's basically second pair minutes. I could see those minutes going up as as he goes on a little bit towards the end of the season, maybe. 
But I think you've seen him play first pair all the way down to third. And I think they're going to kind of shelter him a little bit to get him used to it with uh, on the third pair. But again, to me, in in Lalone's world, minutes are just minutes and pairings don't matter. It's like it's the who's line of the of the NHL. What is it? The uh, the lines are made up and the minutes don't matter. That's yeah. basically what the Red Wings are. I yep. mean, it's a, a, a second line could be a first line and a third pair could get second pair minutes. And it just it's whatever matchups he feels like throwing out there. It's the opposite problem of the Blaschel blender because it's more it's more thought out, I think, than the Blaschel blender. But Edvinson, I do think, like I said, I think eventually is a second pair guy because you want to spread out your talent. Could he be a first pair guy? You would have an absolute you'd have the maybe the best defensive pair in the NHL if you threw Edvinson eventually threw Edvinson and Cider out there every night. You'd have one pair that nothing is happening, but the rest of your your lineup might suffer a little bit without spreading that talent out. Or you might go further. Not that your lineup will suffer, but you might go further by spreading that talent out. So I think he's already basically a second pair guy based on minutes alone. But I think you want to kind of spread that talent out as we go forward. No, that's that's yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be against him being the second line, but I think to your point, there's there's not necessarily a need when they're already struggling enough. I mean, three or six guys on defense are Haig, Lindstrom, and Osterley if Edvinson's not in the roster. So spreading the wealth out a little bit is going to be necessary. However, if you also want to shorten your bench up on the defensive side of things and barely play your third pair, I'm not against that either, which means Cider, Wallman, Mata, Edvinson. Let's go. Have at it. Yeah, you, this just drives me insane. So to kind of prove the point of minutes don't matter, uh, the last five games Jordan Osterley has played, 14 minutes and 17 seconds, 16 minutes and 57 seconds, 18 minutes and 33 seconds, 20 minutes and 11 seconds, and then 18.04. That's the last five games for Jordan Osterley because it does not matter. I will say, though, Osterley, I think as the season is coming to a close, hasn't looked too bad. And I'm not trying to say that he's been show-stopping, but he is playing a sound type of game that you would hope for from him. Yeah, I think the guy minutes-wise is Gustav Lindstrom the last five was 14-10, 14-23, 13-29, 10-31, 14-28. 10 minutes and 31 seconds against Boston, um, where we lost, of course. But yeah, sure. that was on uh, March 11th. He had 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Now so. there's Lindstrom on the other hand, who has not looked good. Still. No, no. But that's and why I think that Lindstrom is allowed to walk in the offseason. Because he's an expiring RFA, right? He is an expiring RFA. Yep. I so. Like, yeah, at that point, I mean. The only reason I would even keep him is you tender him and then ship him to Grand Rapids. Yeah, and you just hold him as an injury-related backup. But I think even yep. at that point, you're already a little tight on defense. So if he agrees to be like, hey, you're probably going to spend most of your time in Grand Rapids unless we get to like panic time and we need an ex- like we desperately need an extra defenseman. But I mean, even then, you're you're already looking at it. And that's the problem is we have such a stacked defensive core that like so many guys that are like breaking, it's the opposite problem we have of the forwards. We've got defensemen 
like ready to go, but not enough spots. So I think even at that point that maybe you don't use, you might still not have room, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah, but if you let them walk and you keep the guys that are in Grand Rapids currently, I don't even know if it's a win because the the big gripe you see for most folks out in Grand Rapids is the defense sucks. So your expiring guys out there right now are Seth Barton. Uh, no, by expiring, I mean they're RFAs. So you have Seth Barton that's 23. He'll be 24 in August. So next season he's 24. White New Power will be 25, 26 going into the next season. And Jared McIsaac, who will be 24 or he just turned 23 today. Happy birthday, Jerry. Happy birthday. Also, happy birthday, Dustin Bufflin. That popped up on my EP page today. Is Dustin Bufflin's birthday as well. He Most is random one you could have come out with. Okay. But the only one of so Barton, New Power, and Lindstrom are all, all are all arbitration eligible. McIsaac, you can tender him, let him go, be like just floating Grand Rapids, figure out what you want to do with him. But the other please three please don't get injured. Like <laughs> Yeah, please. But the other three, like it's just is it, is it an improvement? Or you let those guys just go do their thing, become free agents, and have a nice life. I'm I'm kind of to that. I'm on that middle ground with Lindstrom. Like you tender him if he doesn't want to do it. I don't even take him arbitration. I just let him go. And then, I, but I'd bury, I'd bury him back in Grand Rapids. I guess the thing is, it like the comfort level, and we've seen what Gustav Lindstrom can do at an NHL level where we haven't seen what a McIsaac can do or Seth Barton. I think Seth Barton also had an injury issue that kept him off the ice for a while as well. But we haven't seen what those guys can do at the NHL level. Could they be a better sub in than Gustav Lindstrom? I don't think that's hard at this moment, Um, which kind of sucks because there was a point last season where it was kind of looked promising and then it all went to shit this season. But I think it's just a flip of the coin in which one you like better, or which one you think might have more yeah. NHL upside. And the thing that Lindstrom has on them is he's got the experience. Yeah, but but now also the guy that we haven't talked about is you have Tuomisto. Tuomisto. Yeah, you have got anti Tuomisto because he was so, also signed, which surprised me. Who's got two more years, and there's a right-handed D. Seth Barton's a right D, so you've got... And then Wyatt Newpower. So all the guys we just touched on, other than McIsaac, are right D. Yeah, I don't think new power is an NHL guy. No, but at the same time, you have other guys that could potentially make that jump. That's where I'm saying if Lindstrom's down low, one of those guys becomes expendable or you just stack it down there. Either way, I don't think he's going to if he tries to push things and go to arbitration. I don't pay him and I let him go. Yeah, I think the the one we're going to have to keep an eye on is anti Tuomisto because his development path was a little weird. He went to college, left college, went back to Liga, played there. The numbers don't jump off the page at you, but he's more of a defensive guy. He was getting Outside decent minutes. Outside that 6'4 size. That's what it is. I think he's big and he plays right. And if he can be better than a Gustav Lindstrom and you have a big bottom pairing right defenseman, that's where you're going to get beat is size. And if Iserman's building the big boys club on, on the back end, it's it's going to be to Amisto because he's big and just think of it in a way that that's going to be your shutdown guy along a guy like Edvinson potentially not saying this is going to happen but that is how you could offset those two right there is you throw him on the right be like hey go punch someone in the face and keep him off the goalie Edvinson just go skate around people kind of like what we hope Ben Sherratt would do without being a liability yeah that's how the exact way we thought the season would go with Cider, but nope it didn't 
Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And, and again, if, if they move Johansson over to the right and maybe, maybe Toomey stills your bottom pair right D and he just goes and fuck shit up, which would be great and not be a liability. That's all we need is totally. someone to not be a liability. Um, but Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off tonight. We're almost done for the season. It's sad, but also it's the final countdown makes me want to go play some chill now, uh, which I'm probably doing after this. But anyways, uh, final thoughts coming up on the final 10 games. Enjoy tomorrow. I'm assuming the wife is going as well. Yeah, me, the wife and the daughter are going. Awesome. That'll be fantastic. Adrian's first game was awesome. So I'm sure you guys will have an amazing time. Make sure you get the little uh, certificate for my this is yeah, my first kids game. club. Yeah, and I'm going to hope she stays awake because her normal bedtime's around eight o'clock and the game starts at seven. So we'll see. Ooh, well, good luck with that. But now that'll be fun. Uh, my final thoughts, though, are going to be simple. I want to give a shout out and a thank you to Nicole Elizabeth at Nikki underscore Lizzie. She hooked me up with a Lucas Raymond bobblehead, which has now been added to my collection. Are you son season. of a bitch? It, I tweeted out my uh, small collection that got started from this year. My dad was able to get me most of them because he had a small ticket plan. Um, but no, she said that they had an extra one available. It was I. We, she worked a deal, got it over to me, got it today. It's been added to the collection. So I just want to say thank you there. And yeah, that's all I got. Already ran 33. So if anyone wants to send me free stuff, uh, go ahead. It wasn't free. free I will say that there was we worked out a deal and I got it that way. I did pay her for it. So nice. But it was worth it in the long run. You will be getting a banner for your wall, by the way, from our friend at retire my number at retire my number on Twitter. Uh, I designed some sweet grindline podcast banners uh, and he is sending me some that we can hang on our walls once my wall is painted, because if I turn this sweet Myers graphic that I made off. It's a goddamn mess behind me. So I've got to I've actually my noticed walls. when you move just the right way, like a box of the tarp comes out. That's the couch that has a thing hanging over it because I'm painting. It's got like a sheet hanging over it. So I don't get paint on the couch. Nice. Um, But it, it's going to be nicely colored. And then I will be able to put up like the cool stuff. Mario got me for Secret Santa Hell and yeah. then the banner up there and a bunch of cool stuff that I've got just sitting around. Uh, in boxes that needs to go on the wall. But uh, thanks to retire my number at retire my number on Twitter. He does a bunch of really cool uh, retirement stuff that that a lot of it does charity. So he does a Bob Probert ride with Danny Probert. He does um, banners for that that you can buy and the money goes toward it. Uh, he has done ones for Bobby Ryan uh, that uh, go towards different charities and stuff. And he's I think he's going to be doing one for Vladdy too as well. That's going to have money that goes towards Vladdy. So go give him a follow, order some stuff. Uh, his products are really nice and we'll be getting banners for the podcast. Uh, but you can follow me online at bringing the wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline pod. Please go sub to our YouTube channel and turn on the notifications. We're to give a shout out to the hockey podcast network at hockey Podnet on Twitter for supporting us and putting our podcast up and spreading it all around everywhere. We also have to give a shout out to vintage Detroit. It's the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on get them all before it turns over to fanatics bullshit. You can order all the Adidas blanks. And that way, no one else can get jerseys and all the new jerseys that come out. And I just need to take a minute to let everyone know who follows us on Twitter that about 80% of the time I post something, it's a fucking joke. My Uh. God, I posted (laughs) like I got a sneak peek at the Fanatic jersey. It looked like absolute shit. 
And it makes me curious as to how many people actually have like the worst color scheme set up for their like view of their phone or computer. It's just it's people that are like, oh, it looks great. <laughs> like, that's there's awful. three or four shades of red. Yeah, or the logo so was people like took it seriously. The they took it seriously. They're like, oh, there's no way the NHL can let them do this. I'm like, guys, this is very obviously a joke. Like. Just very obvious. Why would it have our logo on it if it was real? Like, come on. And, and whatever. I'm joking. 80% of the time, it's joking. Just it's uh, memes and hockey, con- quality hockey content. <laughs> that's what that's what we're trying to put out. Just ask me if it's serious next time before running with it, because there were some quote tweets where people were very angry and they yeah. took it very seriously. But at least Fanatic Sucks picked up on it and they they loved it. They, they did. And it was it was pretty funny. I thought it was a good joke and a lot of people thought it was a good joke, but way too many people believe everything they read online. So don't do that, please. Uh, if you use the promo code GRINDLINE on Howie's Hockey Tape, you'll get 10% off your order. If you use the same promo code, I'm bringing hockey back. You get 12. And you can check out our merch on redbubble.com by searching the GRINDLINE. I will have more designs uh, probably within the next month or so. I'm going to try to ramp some of those up. I want to do a Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of shirt before Casper brings himself over here. Uh, and then I want to do kind of a um, if if Mazer keeps his mullet, I kind of want to do a Mazer mullet shirt. So we'll oh, see no. how that Please works say it's out. The giant sunglasses, too. Maybe porn stash might be. Awesome. I don't know. You need, apparently, you need to make a people's champ shirt for uh, oh, Ken Cal now. Ken. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ryan uh, betrayed you. I hope the rock picture makes up for it. People are so defensive, man. I wouldn't I would never say any ill will towards Ken Cal. Comment on a freaking TV broadcast, and then I got Ken Cal dropping the elbow. But uh after Ryan's been obliterated, that's gonna do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, I keep down. Ugh. <laughs>